Christmas, Moose brings to me the brand new Five Nights at Freddy's Deep Dive with original Foxy voice actor, Chris McCullough. Welcome, Horror Hounds, to another installment of the 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. I'm your host and gift giver, Moose. Today, we're bringing someone back from the past. We're going to bring back an old friend. Very old. Talk about a new... Well, I wouldn't go that far. And talk about a new movie. <laughs> so, you know him as the voice of Foxy and others. Five Nights at Freddy's video game franchise. Here to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie, please welcome Chris McCullough. Hello, hello. How is everybody out there doing? How are you? I'm doing good, too. How are you, Moose? I'm doing fantastic. So it's been a while since good. you've been on. How's, how's yeah. life? Any uh, new projects? Um, Pretty much, you know, just uh, video games here and there uh, that I've worked on. Um, mostly little, little little small parts, like little uh, NPCs. I love doing the NPC characters because they have a little more uh, character in it, like... um. Uh, Redemption's Guild. I just did a game like that. It's a VR uh, RPG, and I did a bunch of uh, townsfolk on that one. That was kind of fun. Well, I mean, on that, it's you find that the NPCs get quoted more. Yes. I mean, look at uh, Skyrim. I mean, oh God. <laughs> the, the, there there are so many NPC quotes that came out of Skyrim. Mm-hmm. This great epic tale <laughs> of this open world. And, and I used to be a fighter like you until I took an arrow. And then I took knee. an arrow to the knee. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that's the best one. That was, and anything. <laughs> I used to be a dishwasher. Then I took an arrow to the knee. Yeah, it's like that, that took the world by storm. And it just, it, it was an NPC line. And it, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So really? heads off to the scriptwriters for the NPCs. Yes. Yes. You never know which one's going to take off. Exactly. So. I feel I should start this with, if you haven't watched it yet, we will be getting into spoilers on the FNAF movie. So if you don't want spoilers, stop the episode. Come back, back, please, please please come back. But stop the episode, go watch the movie, and then come back. (laughs) So this video game franchise that took the world by storm Mm -hmm. finally gets a movie. After eight years of production. And... It's met with fans of the franchise love it, critics hate it, and mm-hmm. it's it's perfect. <laughs> it is actually that's usually the norm for like video game adaptation to movies. The, the critics will hate it, but the hardcore fans are just going to eat it up, and they devoured it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I think there were a lot of smart choices made in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Having been a part of the franchise, what were your initial thoughts of the movie? Like, because I, I know you you went to one or two of the premieres, if I remember correctly. What were your initial thoughts? Yeah. Um. Well, like I said, like eight years in production, so um, there's a lot, you know, of, of anticipation of this is going to be good that type of thing. Um, I felt that as far as um, the animatronics were just spot on. Um, Jim Henson's Creature Workshop is the one who who built those, who made those, and it just the realism to to how you could just like look at the uh, look at the animatronics moving in the film and realizing this is the same type of stuff that you know kids are doing with Source Filmmaker online with with you know graphics and mm-hmm. it's that it's that good looking 
So it's just amazing what they did with that. Well, and so my daughters watched the movie before I did. Uh-huh. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, they, they played the games before I did. Right. And uh, so I'm watching the movie and they're like, oh, you're going to like this part. You're going to like this part. I was like, well, if you shut up, I'll like the whole thing. But, <laughs> you know, shut up. Let me watch a damn movie. Right. And I, I remember watching it. And as far as like you, you take away the movie centric story, uh-huh. you know, in that, you know, you have the story of Mike and he's trying to find, you know, who took his brother and right. all that right it runs fairly parallel to the games um yeah there's uh there's a spot in the very beginning it's sit you know sitting in the security office mm-hmm. power goes out foxy's in the doorway mm-hmm. i was like well that's typically as far as i get in the game <laughs> <laughs> He runs in, yeah. I was like, okay. It's like, well, that, that's that's when I screw up. So I was like, <laughs> I've seen that. I know that. That's all right. I know that. That's instant, you know, pulls you right into the games. Right. So as far as video game to movie adaptation goes, they nailed it. Yeah, I agree. Yes, absolutely. Well, for what I understand, because I talked to some people that uh, that worked on it. I mean, Scott Cawthon was there, so there was always there providing input. Um, I know a lot of the um, kids that were in the film were also giving input and stuff like <laughs> for the the guys actually, you know, play, portraying the uh, animatronics. Is this what they would do? You know, that type of thing. Just it, it seemed like it was one of the few because you, you see a lot of video game to movie adaptations mm-hmm. and. When you hear, oh, this video game is going to be turned into a movie. On paper, it sounds like it could be really cool. Specifically this one, because it mm-hmm. lends itself to, I mean, just jump scare. And, I mean, the, the whole franchise is just jump scares. Right. You know, it's what it centered itself on. So it, it, it sets itself up for a gorgeous, like, entry-level horror movie. Good for the whole family. Mm-hmm. And... You're like, okay, this should be right on, you know, if if they just carry it over, this should be good. But then you have to take a step back and realize, well, not everybody's played the games. So there has to be more to it than just the game. So enter the story of Mike. Right. And this is where it could have gotten rocky. And I think molding the two, they, they pulled it off pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the story idea that, that you know, there's some reason why you know what what's 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 pulling out the protagonist. You know, well, what's his what's his little beef that he's got to deal with himself, and it all intertwines into the pizza to the job at the pizzeria. You know, all, all the you know the dreams that they're having. You know, on a quick aside, I find it funny that of the two famous Freddies, uh, the one Freddy's about don't falling asleep, and this one is about falling asleep. Yeah, <laughs> both Freddies. It, it involves sleep. Uh-huh. Coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> the sleep killers. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, it's it just like that. Can can I felt the story? You know, kind of in in a way for what you could do for a PG thirteen horror film did kind of blend well in with the whole in 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 uh, whole pizzeria influence and all and and the and the animatronics and stuff. Yeah, and then where I think one of the smartest choices they made was having a lot of the uh, 
like interactions between uh, the lead character and the animatronics mm-hmm. be between him and the ghost kids because yeah. it, it it saved them a lot of money on production that they could put elsewhere. Yeah, exactly like the animatronics. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there because you're like you know Abby is friends with with the animatronics, and then Mike has the dreams with the kids. So yeah. So every time, you know, he has these interactions with these kids that, you know, is later revealed to be essentially the souls of the animatronics. Right. You know, and and one scene in particular where they're attacking him and like, you know, slashing him side to side and Mm -hmm. just going to town. That would have cost so much more (laughs) if those giant suits were doing it Uh and something else in the movie would have suffered. Instead, you exactly. have these kids running around, just kind of slashing them and running. I mean, it was right. Is one of the smartest choices I think I've seen uh, a PG thirteen horror film in a while. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. It was really, really smartly done like that. Do you th- now? This movie's gained a fairly strong following. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, it had the built-in audience with uh, the games. Do you think? it would have had a larger reception had it gotten out ahead of like banana splits and Willie's wonderland and, you know, the other animatronic murder movies. Um, I think it all boils down to timing on that one. Cause you know, if FNAF was running high around 2019, so I think if it hopped out there it would have been good. But then, you know, when the pandemic hit, everything just kind of slipped on down and that's when, Wildlings and Banana Splits came out. I don't, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was. I think the resurgence with the, with security breach and, and ruin uh, that's the, uh, the, uh, the game that came out in 2021. I think that helped boost it. Uh, the controversy with, uh, with, um, with Twitter and, and Scott Cawthon, that, that might've boosted a little bit more also. I, I think, and I really don't know. I think despite that it took so long time, I think this was the best time to bring it out. Did you, when you were growing up, did you have a showbiz pizza around? Uh, no, I had a Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. Full pizza time theater with that, yeah. So we had a showbiz before mm-hmm. Chuck, before it turned into Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. And showbiz, and th- this was my thought watching this movie, was th- this took me back to showbiz pizza. Mm-hmm. Like, not Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Like, showbiz, it's... Super 80s, super just, uh, this was my childhood. Uh And Um, I remember as a kid thinking that those uh, animatronics were creepy as hell. And now there's a movie, well, a franchise around these animatronics that kill. So it it Mm -hmm. it was fun to, it's like, see, see, Mm -hmm. I was right. (laughs) No, I agree. That, that's how I felt when, I, when the first game came out. It just it took me back to Chuck E. Cheese. Like ours, um, our, our, they were actually uh, the animatronics were actually up on up on a wall coming out of windows, like like the old laugh in uh, things. Uh, so like open up a window, they pop out, and then they go back inside. So mm-hmm. it's not so much being stand on a stage, but it is the same thing. These people, these things look creepy as heck, and then now you see a film that yep, yeah, they are creepy as heck. They could kill you. Because, yeah, we had the uh, rocket fire explosion with uh, Showbiz. 
Uh-huh. And, you know, it was, it was a bear and a gorilla that played the drums. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it was a full, full-on full animal band. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you, you look at FNAF and you're just like, oh, that's eerie. <laughs> that's it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Why do I like going there? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I could have gone to the skating rink. It was the 80s. Instead, I went there. <laughs> instead, I went to where I went with the creepy animal band. <laughs> So I'd imagine you've watched it a few times. What was your favorite part of the movie? Um, honestly, it, it's it, it's strange that it sounds. It's it's whenever Balloon Boy was would, would pop up. <laughs> it just was so out of place, and just oh, there he is again. So, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely fun. Uh, I wish they could have used the uh, sound effects, but it was stock sound effects. I'd have probably just didn't get one it. But yeah, just hearing a hello. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> The murder montage when they broke into, when, when that one group of kids broke into huh? the pizza place was pretty mm-hmm. epic. Carl the Cupcake was awesome at that one. Yes, yes, I agree. That was beautiful. For what they had to get, could get away with in PG-13, yeah, that was beautiful. You know, and I mean, what they really pulled off here is they showed that you can make scary movies four kids exactly with yeah. gore yeah. You know, just enough you know it, it doesn't have to be a splatter fest mm-hmm. but take the scene where uh i think it was the babysitter was looking for right. that voice uh-huh. and ends up looking into uh the bear's mouth like first right. off what the hell are you thinking <laughs> Yeah, you have this big, giant, creepy-ass-looking bear, and you're going to walk up and look into its mouth. Mm-hmm. I thought that, I really like that actually shocked me, that, that they that they did that, of recreating the bite. That's basically what it is. They're, they're doing the bite. Yeah. And, yeah, they, they do the bite, and it's like, holy crap. <laughs> it, it It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's just, you see, most, it, most of it's all shadow play. But mm-hmm. it goes back to, and I've said this on the show many times before, mm-hmm. it goes back to like the old Universal and that era stuff where everything was just shadow play and mm-hmm. trick of light. It didn't have to be in your face. That, that was, yes, exactly. Plus, that is so, it was also quick and done. So now you've got to think about what happened instead of actually, you know, putting a long drawn out sequence in, in, in mm-hmm. showing. And now, I, I, yeah, that actually was much, I found it more effective. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it leaves more to the imagination. And what I've found over the years watching the different types of movies is the, the, the ones that leave more to the imagination mm-hmm. are ultimately more terrifying. Because Yes, I agree. You know, it, it it has that element of the unknown. As opposed to like, okay, you know, they could have shown, you know, her getting bitten in half and everything just fallen out and just laid, you know, mm-hmm. laid it all out there for you yeah well then there's nothing I mean, left exactly i mean that's that's why you know like the shower scene in psycho is so is so memorable because it's it's left to your imagination mm-hmm. so so yeah exactly less is more when you have to use your mind because everyone has a different i thought then <laughs> i know from the very beginning of the movie one of the things that i, I was glad finally got explained was 
like you see you see Mike wake up and he's got this visit Nebraska poster above his uh bed. Uh-huh. Now, I live in Nebraska. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, who in the hell wants to visit Nebraska? <laughs> like, I mean, we have a nice zoo. <laughs> we have some cool stuff, but I've never seen a hey, come visit Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. And sure, sure as hell, I've never seen anybody, uh, you know, aspire to having Nebraska be their uh, point of destination. <laughs> Not on their travel card, you see. Okay. <laughs> you know, but ultimately having that as the, uh, I'm assuming the place his brother was kidnapped. Yeah. You know, That's why he wants. Makes sense. That's his uh, point of reference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I got to give it to Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard in this, you get to see two very different sides of a character in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see this employment agency guy who just wants to help people and wants to do good. And then later the switch is flipped and he's batshit crazy. Right. Mwah. <laughs> and and the, well, they, it kind of puts a little because obviously everyone knew who he was because they pretty much said he was before. Yeah. So when you hear about you know, it's just, but then he goes, "I have this other job for you." Oh, oh, here we go, crazy man now. It's like, oh, what's Could the other job? Yeah, you know, and yeah, it was just, you know, I, I keep going back to it, but there were, this is a movie of smart choices, mm-hmm. and you know the the. Blumhouse Horror Library is a library of smart choices. I don't think any other company could have made this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree. Because we got this one, you know, we've got everything. we got nothing to lose and everything to gain type of company. You know, because Blumhouse is still, you know, in, independence. Um, yeah. And, and they and they took a chance and it. It's worked out beautifully for them. Yeah. You know, and I think... They did a very good job explaining without over explaining kind of the lore of the games to mm-hmm. people who just wanted to watch a horror movie who might not be fans of the games. Right. Uh, you know, cause yeah, fans of the games, you know, know the story of the, you know, the kids that were taken and ultimately became the suits and, you know, the, well, the souls of the suits, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, you know, a fan of the game and you're just like, okay, I like watching you know, weird horror movies, which this is, definitely falls into that category. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be like, okay, why? Who are these kids? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I think they managed to, you know, interweave the knowledgeable and the uh, um, unindoctrined pretty well yeah i mean i i felt it like if i i liked how i looked at it like you know because most horror films are usually going to have a, a weird type of out of this world type of type of thing happening in a small town type of thing that's a classic one you know mm-hmm. weird things happening in a, in a tiny town and so this is right at the alley. So if you go even if you go in just expecting to see that type of cheesy type of horror film you're going to enjoy this film because yeah it's just right up that alley you know and they did what most comic book movies have to do and comic book movies catch crap for it all the time is 
you have to remember when you're making this movie, you're not just making it for the fans of the games. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to make it for a much wider audience. And the right. wider yeah, audience doesn't necessarily know all the backstories. Mm-hmm. You know, might not know, you know, about all the different uh, jump scare tactics, doesn't know mm-hmm. the different types of kills, you know, doesn't know that these kids become, you know, were, were kidnapped, killed, yeah. and, you know, all this. So, essentially, this movie had, by the end of it, there were three stories running in this movie. Mm-hmm. You had the main finesse story. Mm-hmm. You had Mike's almost redemption character arc story with him and his sister. And you have the uh, cop story. You know, right. we're, we're introduced to her and you can tell she has something to hide. You're not quite sure what it is. She never really lets on. And when she does let on, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, so she has to overcome, you know, her dad being this guy that not only killed the kids for the FNAF story, but kidnapped the brother from Mike's story. You know, yeah. So, you know, that ultimately has to tie up all three stories. And it's like, the, the, the story-wise, this movie went a lot deeper than it really needed to, but it worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the fact that make to make William Afton just be the bad for everything, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly it's perfect. Like, yeah, you know, you're going into this movie, you're expecting, okay, it's gonna be the FNAF. You know, there has to be the kids, there has to be the animatronics, mm-hmm. and there's gonna be a side story. Boom, horror 101, knock it out, you're done. Right. <laughs> but no, there were like so many twists and turns and different stories and story elements that were in this. It. It was surprising in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. I really hope there's more. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a sequel. They've made so much money on this one. It, it, it'd it be stupid not to. But I had heard sometime, you know, you can't believe every rumor that, that you hear, but I heard they were going to try to do a trilogy is what the original plan was. I don't know what their plan is going to be now, but I mean, last check I looked uh, domestically, they're over 130 million. So uh, I think a sequel is definitely going to happen. Well, and that kind of leads into where I wanted to take this. Do you think any of the uh, voice actors from the games are going to get a shot at voicing their characters now that this is a proven product? I'd, I'd like to say yes, I think so. I mean, the, the first one was a lot of, you know, cameos. You know, you had uh, cameo type of, of stuff because so, you had a lot of the YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Um one voice actor uh, got to go. Uh, well, actually, was in Kellen Goff. Um, he did actually uh, the song that uh, that uh, Foxy would sing before he came to kill you. It's, yep. it's called the Dum Dum song. So he had he had a he had a cameo in that way. Um, I, from what I understood, I don't think they wanted any voice actors for this one, which I kind of agree because the very first game didn't have any voice actors. Right. So having them not talking that 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 I thought that was perfect. I would think I, I think they'd be crazy not to not to have some sort of of, of the video game voice actors in there. I mean, I'm not a people, even if people would go nuts just hearing Andy Field as the hand unit and says, welcome to your first day in your exciting new career. They would go nuts hearing that. Oh, absolutely. You know, and like the, the way I looked at it was the first movie was kind of a testing ground, mm-hmm. you know, 
And like you said, that they didn't talk in the first game, so really didn't make a whole lot of sense. But now this is a proven commodity. Mm-hmm. Now they can up the stakes a little bit. Now they can bring some of the names that are attached to the games, mm-hmm. you know, like yourself and others, into, you know, even if it's just spots. Yeah. You know, to, to do some voice spots. And really get those nice, you know, get those pops from the fans. And is it fan service? Yes. But it's also, you know, a, uh, you know, nod to you guys who've really helped put this franchise on the map. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind I mean, of, I, uh, it, it, it's your payoff at the end of the day, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I certainly wouldn't say no if they if they came up to me and asked. So, yeah. Well, I'd hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, I got I got to I got to water the lawn, man. I can't. <laughs> well, it's, my, it's my day to do dishes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to take the cat to the vet. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's after watching this first one, I think I wouldn't go more than a trilogy. But yeah, I don't, I don't see a, a, like Fast and the Furious. I don't see ten films coming out of this. Well, you never know. You know, Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> in space. <laughs> yeah, you're true. You're very true. Very true. The, the first uh, pizza place on the moon, <laughs> and the animatronics go go haywire. <laughs> yeah, but then then it gives them a chance to kind of delve deeper into some of the characters that were like hinted at in this one and uh-huh. i i think the fans would really like you know the fans of the games would like to see it and honestly i'm not that big of a fan of the game partially because i suck at it just <laughs> i'm terrible at that game it's a great game i, I just I, suck at it <laughs> but i am i'm a huge fan of the movie i'm a huge fan of the franchise i just suck at the games Games, <laughs> that's okay. You can be into the lore and stuff like that. A lot, of, a lot of people are like that. Actually, I can't play the game, but I, but I like the story. Mm-hmm. I watch other people play it. <laughs> yes, I, I watch my daughters play it all the time. I'm like, how are you better at this than me? I, I, I don't get it. It, but the the story itself is captivating. Yeah, you know, especially as just a horror fan, you know, and the idea that there's this horror video game that kids just love you know i would have killed for something like that as a when i was their age i know yeah you know i mean yeah we had nightmare on elm street on nintendo uh, yeah and friday the 13th on nintendo which is nearly impossible to beat yeah i mean so, we, we, had, uh, we had a bunch of like movie versions on nintendo and they kind of sucked so sucking at those yeah. games is easy but the, the the story and everything on this is just great yeah. So, what's next for you? What, what what all do you have coming down the pipe? Um, right now I just I'm just mainly um, I mainly just right now I, I still do voice acting. I'm still mostly working on commercials right now. I'm mostly just uh, I'm actually uh, live stream uh, video games now. So I, that's how I communicate with the fans. So I'm doing the whole Twitch thing, and then while I'm still doing my voice acting stuff. You know, I've always wondered what what is the and I don't. You, you don't necessarily have to go into specifics, but like, uh-huh. what is the like pay scale rate like for commercial gigs? Um, there's actually a, a um 
a website, uh, the Global Voice Acting, I forget what it's called, but it's a rate guide. Um, and then you usually just go and it tells you about how many, uh, if you want to check it by hours, if you want to check it by, by words. I'm trying to think what it's like because like most of my stuff I get on a pay-to-play site called uh, Voices.com. Um, and they've ranged anywhere between, you know, 100 to 1,000 uh, depending if it's like a, it's if it's like a television or nationwide type of thing, you'll get definitely get more money if you do that one than just a simple YouTube ad. Um, it also so it really just depends on what what the job itself is. So, but yeah, anywhere from like a hundred to a couple thousand. Damn. And in do well in doing that, you know, they take right they 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 you know they say we'll we'll do this commercial for a year, we get all rights to your name to your to the uh, voice and to the recording and all that stuff. So basically, you just see you get you get that big lump sum payroll, and then you're grinding for the next one, and that's voice acting one hundred and one. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, you give me two grand for this one, I'll go do another commercial, and because uh-huh. there's always ads, there's always ad. Yeah, it's just snagging them. Like, uh, like, um, like I've always told them, you have to be uh, be able to deal with disappointment for like every one of that one got one good gig you got, you had to go through like a hundred, maybe two hundred of uh, not getting the gig. Man, so that's it's, not a lesson for life. I don't know what is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's got to get used to disappointment. And then when that one, the voice acting, the job is the auditions. The getting the getting the roles is the icing on the cake. Oh, 100 mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, and e- with with each audition being different, you, you get a chance to really hone in and kind of tune your skills, and mm-hmm. that'll land you the bigger, better gigs. Exactly. I mean, you got to go through, you know, the ones where you have to be nice and soft spoken, and then, then you got to be like, uh, uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You know, you can learn into both both type of those type of sounds. So, and hey, eventually you'll be the guy that took an arrow in the knee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Working in a pizzeria. <laughs> so, where can listeners watch you uh, live stream? Uh, pretty much uh, Twitch or YouTube. Uh, the same username. It's my username from, uh, from high school. Grig Lager. G R I G L A G E R is my username. And listeners, like always, that link will be in the, those links will be in the episode description. And you can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com. Or if you just want to follow me, you can find me on Facebook. YouTube and X at Moose Media Inc. Just look for the moose. Chris, once again, this has been fun. I'm so glad we can uh, have you back on. And hopefully, now that it's out there in the ether, you get to be in the next FNAF movie. Fingers crossed. Let's go for it. And Call me up, Jason Blum. (laughs) Yeah, and then we'll have you on to talk about your role in the movie, not just talking about the movie. All right. I I will do it. And listeners, tune in tomorrow for another installment of the 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. And until then, Horror Hounds, mash on. <laughs>